Hello, celestial beings. This is Serenda Party. Happy to have you guys here. Um, I don't really know what to say um, other than really glad to still be able to do my podcast. I'm not entirely sure when I'm going to publish this episode, if it's going to be on the one year anniversary of Sunday Night Party? Is it going to be on Sunday Night Party's birthday or is it going to be before? It definitely probably won't be after, but I'm still like debating if it's going to be on the day or sometime before it. Either way, um, there probably won't be an episode. Uh, if, if I upload this before Sunday Night Party's birthday, uh, there's not going to be an episode for Sid and I's party's birthday. It'll be after. So I am so happy to say that we are coming up on a year of me having my own podcast and of me talking about these very metaphysical, mystical topics. Um, I want to give a huge thank you, say a huge thank you to all of the listeners that have continued to support. Um, I hope that you guys continue to listen. And I hope that, you know, we grow together at the end of the day. So what have I been up to? That's such an interesting question. Thank you for asking. Wow, so many things have happened since the last episode of Sit Night Party. I don't even know where to begin. First of all, I don't know where to begin because I actually don't even remember when was the last episode of Sunday Night Party. That must have been like in November, maybe, but like I seriously don't remember. What I can say is that if any of you guys noticed on my main Instagram, I talked about how I had to reschedule that episode because something happened to me that was directly correlated to that episode. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that because it's just it just shows how there are certain forces, there are certain you know, whatever you want to call it, um what medics, right? Cuz I said the walking drug and how we're all sedated and stuff like that. So there are certain medics that want people to stay drugged. Okay? Like Duh. And me uploading that episode is a direct counterattack or is a direct attack on that. And they attacked my ass. I kid you not, that morning that the episode was to be published, I was attacked. And I had the exact same symptoms that I had in the episode. So that was the second time. And I couldn't believe it. I was just like, whoa, like, you cannot make this shit up. And I cannot wait until there comes into a t- there comes the time where we just even stop saying, like, you can't even make this shit up. Because I feel like a part of that saying is trying to prove that it was real, whatever it was that happened, like, because it was so outrageous. And I love that there will come a time, or we're coming into times, coming into that part of us 
that knows outrageous things happen in people's life all the time, including our own. So today's episode of Sin and Thy Party is about imagination. And this episode actually was came to me. I was going on a date with this guy and he asked me this very hypothetical question that I'm sure a lot of you guys have been asked before. If you've ever been in a philosophy class, you already know about this type, these types of questions. So the question he asked me was, if there was an armadillo and a human on a train track, which one would you save? And I told him, and, 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 you know, we, we started talking of, you know, of course about it and whatnot. And I, um, I told him, it's so interesting to me that we even have, that we ask each other questions like that, that that's even a thing. Like, why is it a thing to ask me such a question? Now, don't get me wrong. A lot of people ask questions as such for for jokes or you know just to get to know people i mean regardless you know it kind of is to get to know people but it's it's not a really serious question for the most part however my date at the time was very serious about that particular question so while we were in the car i asked him you know i feel like those types of questions separate us from other species it could be our ability to think, you know, maybe, um, but even just those type of hypotheticals, because he was saying, you know, a bear, if I'm in a bear's territory, he's going to maul me, but a human wouldn't do the same, right? And I told him, and that's what differentiates us from the bear we're not better than the bear because we don't maul the you know for the most part we don't maul the bear whenever we see the bear but that's what makes us different so if you're when you ask questions like the armadillo or the human you know or or questions like it i think that it's more so to establish this groundwork of of what a human of what a human is because who's asking an armadillo that (laughs) hypothetically so what does this have to do with imagination right well one thing is that as soon as that question as soon as he posed that posed that question that's i could see it like in my mind's eye And what I think separates humans from other species, which I had mentioned in another episode, I said that it was the heart chakra, or I might have said that it was the the heart, the throat, the pineal, and the crown that separates humans from other species. I don't remember exactly what I said, but I know I definitely touched heavily on the heart chakra being kind of like that bridge of being, being a human. But I want to take it a step further and say, at least in this episode, that what I think separates humans from other species is our ability to imagine. 
like completely. And we use imagination as a tool all the time. So let's get into the facts about imagination. The etymology of imagination, it says, the faculty of the mind which forms and manipulates images, mid-14th century. Imagination with a Y. From Old French, imagination, concept, mental picture, hallucination. From Latin, imaginationem, um, nominative, imaginatio, imagination of fancy. Uh, Oh, sorry, fantasy. No, <laughs> sorry. It's the way I wrote the notes. The wrote the notes. Okay, so imagination of fancy of do 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 a fantasy. It took the older and longer world words sense of inclination, whim, desire. Meaning the productive imagination is from. Oh my gosh! I did this. Did I do this correctly? Did I say this right? Noun of action from past particle, participle, sorry, stem, stem of imaginary to form an image of represent from imago, an image, a likeness from stem of imitari to copy, imitate from pyru, aim to copy. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes when I'm saying these, oh, sorry, these etymologies is because I'm saying like, a couple of things. So I literally have three etymologies here. Imagination, fantasy, and there's one more that I have here. See, I don't even remember what it is. That just shows. <laughs> I should have wrote these notes a little bit better. But let's get into fantasy because that's that's what I want to get into when it comes to imagination. So fantasy, early 14th century illusory appearance from old French fantasies, fantasy with a PH, vision, imagination, 14th century from Latin fantasia, from Greek fantasia, power of imagination, appearance, image, perception from fantasies, tie. What the hell is that? Sorry. Yeah, that <laughs> picture to oneself from Phantos, visible from Phanestage, appear in late Greek to imagine, have visions related to Phaos, Phos, light, Phineon, to show, to bring to light, from Pyru, Ba, B-H-A, to shine. So what's the point of bringing in the etymology? The etymology is the root of of words. And you want to get to the root of the words to really know what it means. And although imagination can be a sticky subject, as we talk about consciousness, as we're talking about manifestation or conjuring or the, the, the metaphysical and the mystical in general, Imagination is huge to the mystical. This is very obvious. And fantasy really being about vision and light is to me another representation or 
and it's a foundation of the pineal gland of the third eye because the third eye is about fantasy, imagination, visualization, amongst other things. So um, let's get into the pineal gland since I already started talking about that. The pineal gland, if I haven't already talked about it before, um, is in the center of your eyebrow, basically. Um, It moves a little bit. You kind of got to check around and see, feel that area. It's amazing. And that's where it is. So people refer to the pineal gland as like a pine cone because the pineal gland kind of looks like a pine cone, um, apparently in the brain. And like I said, it's all about visualization and the inner light. So the inner light comes from the pineal gland. So when we go to bed at night and we have dreams, we're going into the astral realm, we are taking a part of different realities and different forms, we are able to do that by way of the pineal gland. And um, I don't remember who coined this particular term. I believe it was a philosopher, but either way, the saying that the pineal gland is the seat of the soul or the seat of spirit. And it is the way in which you are able to leave your body. Now, other people say it's the heart. Other people say it's the solar plexus. Everybody, I feel like, kind of has their own um, definition and their own way of kind of saying, like, where it is that the soul or the spirit leaves the body, okay? But regardless of which chakra is associated, which which energy center is associated with leaving the body in the night or um, out-of-body experiences and things of that nature... One thing stands true is that the third eye or the first eye or the pineal gland, you know, whatever you like to call it, there's so many different names, right? Is that it's about the inner light. And so all that you see, or I don't want to say all that you see, all that is visible is by way of the pineal gland. So a lot of people who say they don't dream, they don't ever remember their dreams, stuff like that, probably have to work with their pineal gland. But I usually, when I do like dream analysis, I usually start getting people to work with their pineal gland after they start to pay attention to this life that they're living. And then I'll kind of get them... I'll introduce them more and kind of lead them a little bit more into the pineal gland. Some people say you don't want to open it, you know, uh, uh, very abruptly. And I think to each their own, if I'm being completely honest, but that's just my personal opinion. I've already talked about my experience with the pineal gland and stuff like that in another episode. So but I genuinely do feel like it to each their own. But what I go back and tell myself, like, yeah, I work from the root up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, there was something that I was, that just came into my mind about the pineal gland as well. 
but unfortunately I don't remember. It, it came and it went. So the next part that I want to talk about in relation to the pineal gland is creative impulse because impulsivity has a lot to do with being alive, the impulse, the flowing of the blood, right? As it relates to our bodily functions and we check each, you know, when something's going on, we check the pulse to see what's going on because it's directly connected to the heart. Okay. And our creative impulse has a lot to do with the pineal gland because creation has a lot to do with fantasy, has a lot to do with imagination, visualization, no matter what type of creation that you're talking about. So what about those that have a hard time visualizing? Just as I mentioned, working with the pineal gland is the best. I would say pineal gland massages. Um, also reading fiction books, that definitely helps. And visualization techniques throughout the day. Like just imagine something out of the ordinary um, within your mundane life. I would definitely say that that could help the pineal gland strengthen. I would also say to focus on feeling as another tool for seeing beyond material fog. So for me, at least, at least, you know, like right now in my life, I do have a hard time visualizing. If somebody says the red apple, I can't literally see a red apple in my mind. Some people see, they can see the red apple clear as day. It is right there. Did I say they? As day, it's right in front of them or whatever it is, but they see the red apple. I see the red apple as like a concept. So I can imagine a red apple, but it doesn't look like there's a red apple in front of me. And so that's where we also differ as humans or as multidimensional beings because perception, how we perceive things, how things are brought to the light within our minds is very unique to us. So here are a couple personal, well, here's an anecdote to go along with feeling as another tool for seeing beyond the material fog. I'm a feeler as well. So what that means is, sorry, I am so sorry, you guys. I am so sorry. I'm a feeler. So here's a story time. I was at a Thai restaurant with two of my friends. I don't even remember what time of day it was. I think it was the middle of the day. I think it was actually nighttime, if if I can remember correctly. And this was my third time at that same Thai restaurant. The first, or or maybe it was more than that. Actually, that might have been my fourth time. It was like my third and my fourth, or my fourth time. Now, that Thai restaurant is in a plaza, and it's in a plaza that is very tight. So there's a lot of other stores and establishments right next to it. It's a tight parking lot in the corner of a really busy street in a town nearby. Okay. As I'm in the restaurant with my two friends at the time, I begin to feel really just different. I begin to feel a lot more 
social and I began to feel a lot more like I was in a tighter space with within the establishment itself. So I don't know if I ever told my two friends this, but I do remember thinking about it a lot after and writing it in my journal that I felt like I was in a bar in the middle of nowhere, like one of those outskirt barns. And it was like the middle of the night. And I could see, not literally, but I could see the bar. And I could see where I was sitting within the establishment because I wasn't at the bar. I was actually sitting beyond the bar, but in front of the door. And I imagined, or I saw, because it came to me, I saw that I was, like I said, in in like the outskirts, the middle of nowhere. The bar was by itself within like woods, not like a cabin type of feel. There was a road in the front, just like there is within the Thai restaurant. But it was more so that there was just a lot of trees. There, it wasn't a plaza. There wasn't these other establishments across the street. It wasn't, a, it wasn't on the corner. It was on the side of the road. And it was one of those back road straight shots type of, type of local kind of bars or bars that you go to when you're on, in the middle of a road trip or something like that. And this is how I was able to see that. So it was, it was more about feeling, right? Cause I felt like I was at the bar. I felt like I was at a bar specifically. And then I could also feel the atmosphere of the bar. I could feel the atmosphere of the time of day it was and where I was, the city, the location. And I knew where I was sitting where I was within the establishment of the bar, which was opposite of where I was in the Thai restaurant. Because in the Thai restaurant, I would have been at the bar if I was, I would be sitting at the bar if I was in the same, you know, the same uh, uh, placement. Does that make sense? This Thai restaurant did not have a bar inside within it. It was a pretty big restaurant. I mean, it's not like huge, but it's it's a nice sized restaurant. However, the bar that I felt and that I saw was really small and quaint. And this is one of my most profound like abilities to access different realms. Because if you don't know, there are other worlds and other realms on top of each other. Specifically, everything's basically on top of each other, right? So I talked about, I think I talked about another episode about like upside down, like this being upside down and stuff like that. So yeah, if you want to look at it like that, if you're looking at upside down, what would be on top of it, right? Or what would be underneath it, whatever, beside it, um, so many things, 
And I bring that up as it relates to imagination in the pineal gland because I want to bring in a different perspective because I'm not going to sit up here on my podcast and say, yeah, I literally saw the bar. Like I could literally see the, the, the alcohol on the shelf because that's not true. Everything that I saw was as a concept and as a feeling, which I know that I'm clairsentient amongst other, you know, other abilities. But I want people to know that we are so unique, so multidimensional, that if you tap into your very unique ways of knowing things, specifically as it relates to imagination, then you'll start to get the ball rolling as it relates to visualization and things of that nature. And um, a lot of people, or, or what's really popular is about visualizing this for your life, uh, vision boards and all that stuff. But that's the thing. If you see things as concepts like me, and not literally as they are, would a vision board really work? No. So here is another personal anecdote. And this has to do with wild techniques within dreaming. This is a technique that I share with those that are advanced dreamers, advanced daydreamers. Oh, I should talk about daydreaming actually. Okay, I'll talk about it after. So I feel like I've talked about this technique in a previous episode, but I'm not a thousand percent sure. If I have, great. If I haven't, now's the time. I found out about Wild through the Field Guide to Lucid Dreaming, which is a book, and I'm butchering what I'm saying about this. However, I have experienced this several times and I want to talk with it about you guys. I want to talk about it with you guys. So the wild technique is basically when you sleep. Okay, I know that I've talked about this on the podcast, but anyway, this is another way to strengthen your imagination. When you go to bed, yeah, okay. Ew, why? That was literally, we're just going to move on from that. So (laughs) when you close your eyes, try to get into this habit of going to sleep, but not really going to sleep. So keeping your mind awake. As you're keeping your mind awake, you're in the dark or whatever happens when you close your eyes, because now people are saying different things like when they close their eyes, they don't see darkness. They actually see things or whatever everybody's different, right? Whatever your scenario is, close your eyes and just be there. But then start to note how there a change happens once your body goes to sleep. And many people have commented that in between going from one state to another, There are sounds of, it's like very, people say sounds of being underwater, sounds of being on the highway, you know, really fast um, wind, and all of these really depend. I've definitely experienced the wind sound and whatnot, and just try to get into the habit of it. 
Now, when I first started these techniques and I would like actually try to do them, my body would feel just really kind of scared. So I wouldn't do it often. But as I started to get the feel of it, it became a lot easier to do and it became fun, especially when you're really tired. I would suggest doing this when you're really, really tired well, you're not you're not gonna open your eyes. Like you're like, okay, I'm not opening my eyes until the morning. Then that's the type of tired you want to be when you do it. And the whole point of the wild technique is that as you are, as your eyes are closed, you want to use your pineal gland. You want to exercise your pineal gland. It is the perfect time. Because then when you end up in the dream realm or the astral, but specifically, yeah, the dream realm, you have projected yourself into that. You see the difference between being in a dream and ending up there randomly and projecting yourself into one? Yeah, the wild method is literally projecting yourself into the dream by using your imagination. Now... With the wild technique for me, you might be wondering, so, or this is a question that (laughs) is coming up. Do I see things literally or is it still concepts? That's a really, that's what we should know. Does it act the same as we're doing the wild method and whatnot? Now, I feel like it's a little bit different, at least for me. Um... Because it's about projecting. It's not about thinking about it. Does that make sense? So if somebody, if somebody tells me, think about a purple balloon, they're telling me something and then I'm thinking about it. And then that's really kind of where that concept lies. And then the whole thing with the bar, that's because I was sitting in the restaurant that in another reality is literally a bar. Like, or the restaurant's not a bar. It's that the place where I'm at, the land, the property, in another reality, it is literally a bar. So that had nothing to do with visualization per se, although it did, right? That had more to do, even though, yes, it had to do with visualization because like I said, I could see the bar and stuff like that, but it's not me projecting. Does that make sense? Whereas imagination has a lot to do with projecting. Okay. So I want to go back to, again, the, the etymology of fantasy and phaos or false light name to show to bring light so that's the difference and when we're in the wild technique we are projecting unless you know of course you're just allowing whatever comes into your pineal gland you know you just want to see the show <laughs> um but if you want to use it to strengthen your pineal gland it, it is truly the perfect time because you can project yourself into a dream you can project yourself into whatever it is that you want to do. And um, as I talked about on a previous episode, I don't even even remember what episode it was, as it relates to the astral realm, as it relates to other realities, uh, but specifically the astral realm and lucid dreaming, you kind of want to make sure you're clear within yourself, confident within yourself, because you want to be prepared to, to navigate. And like I said previously, that's why a lot of people are scared 
and and whatnot because uh they're not prepared for what they're gonna see they're not prepared for uh to go within you gotta be prepared on some shit okay so i want to talk about daydreaming and how this all ties into imagination i hate the word manifesting right now but i'm gonna use it uh you know for this um for this example and and for this final point the beautiful thing about daydreaming is that you are literally projecting with your eyes open and do you see the difference between the wild technique and daydreaming the only difference between those two is that when you're daydreaming your eyes are open and you can project in real time now that takes practice because you have to um you have to use your pineal gland you have to have dominion i don't even want to say dominion um but for lack of a better word dominion over or with your third eye that's perfect dominion with your third eye and know how to navigate it it's like getting a being gifted a castle or an, an inheritance of a castle and not knowing what to do with it and that's like so that's can't even compare to the value of using the pineal gland of understanding it vastly vastly um different so with daydreaming which is very similar to manifesting or actually more similar to what's the what's the word or the phrase that i'm looking for i would say more similar to to the feel um what is it called there's this manifestation technique that talks about feeling and then letting go. So I don't know if you guys have ever heard of this. I don't know if I've talked about this before, but it's this notion that whatever it is that you want to manifest, that you desire, you want to feel as though you already acquired it or you already have it because in another reality you already do. So you want to feel as though you are there. You also want to see yourself with it see yourself acquiring it hear yourself talking about it smell it feel it as if it is literally right in front of you which is what an imagination technique right that is daydreaming it's the same thing that is literally daydreaming okay but I feel like it's a little bit different. There's 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 a little bit, you know, of yeah, just of differences between that and and, and projecting yourself. Um, although now I guess now that I'm thinking about it, it it, <laughs> it is the same. But let me think about it for like two minutes just to kind of like
no, actually, yeah, it's literally the same thing. Um, I just like the word projected better, if I'm being honest. And and that's another thing with metaphysical and mystical topics and whatnot. You want to align yourself with that which resonates with you, literally, because it's going to be the more the most fun and it's going to be the most easy for you because obviously it's it speaks to you for a reason. Like when I hear about seeing as if and stuff like that, I don't, again, if I'm seeing in concepts, is that really going to work for me? No, it's not really going to work for me. But as I practice more wild techniques and using my pineal gland and whatnot, yes, I do believe that in the end, it definitely will help in some way, shape or form. So I think that's everything that I have for Sin and Thy Party today. Again, thank you guys for for the support. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, write a review for Sin and Thy Party. Literally. When you write reviews for podcasts and things that you like, you bring more exposure to it. You allow the people who wouldn't have even known about it to get a little a little taste of it by it coming up on their recommendations or someone else talking about it with them. So if you like Sit and Die Party, genuinely leave a review on Apple Podcasts. If you're listening on Spotify Podcasts, give it a like. And if you're listening on anything else that I don't even really listen to Sit and Die Party on, but it's on there, if there is a section for a review or liking it, Go ahead and give that thumbs up. Go ahead and give that star. Give that like. And write a quick, nice review on what you think about Sit and Thy Party. Because that is the only way that Sit and Thy Party will truly grow. Is through the audience. Is through the audience. So, as I leave this here, I'm coming up on my 25th solo return. And I can't believe that I'm about to be 25. I have never thought about (laughs) what 25 would bring me, if I'm being completely honest. Because when I was 22, I was like, oh, I can't wait to be 33 because, you know, the double digits. I can't wait to be 44. Don't even get me started on 88. So (laughs) I haven't really thought about 25 too much, but... I'm coming up on 25. I'm actually going to turn 25 before Set and Light Party turns one. As you guys know, I am born under the sign of Aquarius. And if I don't come on here before, just some astrological updates. If I don't come on here before Pluto goes into Aquarius, it ingresses into Aquarius for a couple of months. Pluto is supposed to be going into Aquarius in March. And you want to check the house in which you have Aquarius in to see kind of how this energy is going to affect you. Pluto is an absolutely transformative planet, transformative part of consciousness itself. And you want to be aware of Pluto's destructive and yet ability to recreate itself, how you destroy and how you recreate as an individual. I hope that you guys have a great day, night, evening, whenever you are listening to this. 
and I will catch you guys on the next episode of Sit at Night Party. Bye.